In Iduna's garden apples grow, always in fruit and in flower. Time cannot touch those who their sweetness know. Blessings and bliss fill her bower. Lady, but one portion give, like the holy gods will live, protected in peace by your power. Welcome, everybody, to the Troths Podcast. I am Patricia LaFile. I'm the current steerswoman of the Troth, an international heathen networking organization. I was elected in 2008. Thank you very much, all members who voted, and took my office in June of 2008 at our annual event called Trothmoot. The song I sang at the very beginning of this podcast was written by Diana Paxson. I'm positive that I butchered her original intent because, for one thing, I'm an alto, and I know she wrote it for people whose voices are higher than mine. And for another thing, the folk music tradition tends to have a little bit of drift. So I drifted to make it sound good, and that's the way it goes. Anyway, we sing that chant every year at our Iduna Bloat, which is the main bloat that occurs at Trothmoot. And we sing this song as a bowl of sliced golden apples is passed around. Everyone takes a slice of the apple and eats it as a exchange gift for Iduna. I thought it would be important to start our podcast talking about Iduna because she is the Troth's patron goddess. She is a member of the Aesir, or um, an Asignor, as the goddesses are also called. And she is the woman for, the goddess, I should say, for whom we named our quarterly magazine, Iduna. I've been thinking a lot about Iduna and her story and what it means to the Troth to have her as our patroness. It's important, in my opinion, to look at these myths we have remaining to us and examine them in terms of the humans that we are, the ancestors that we were, and really consider what things mean at a human level as well as at a mythic level. If you think about the apple, the apple is a powerful and wonderful fruit. Now, I live in New England, as many of you know, and might be able to hear from my accent. I try to keep as much as I can (laughs) away from that New England accent, but I'm sure it slips through. In the springtime, there is nothing like the first flowering of the trees. We live through these horrible, harsh, long winters. Um, People who live north of us Um, know exactly what I'm talking about, all the way up through the Arctic Circle. Winters are gray, winters are white, winters are slow times, and times when we've turned inward, and times when we have to stay inside our houses, otherwise we will die. Um, In this, we are very much the same as our ancestors, although, frankly, our ancestors did not have central heat, so um, we will never know really what it is to stay in front of those hearth fires or be dead. Still, 
when the apple blossoms come out in the spring, I can't even describe the joy that many of us feel when we see them, and more to the point when we smell them. Apple blossoms are extremely fragrant, much like cherry blossoms for those of you who live in the Washington, D.C. area or in other places where the cherry blossoms bloom. It's a time of celebration. It's a time when we know, hey, spring's back. We live through another winter. We can be outside again. And that's a really, really great and wonderful time. Apples then grow throughout the summer and are harvested, as you know, in the fall, usually starting around September and running through, well, you know, really about this time of year, November, December, it, it, early December. It really depends on the weather and the year. Um, I believe all the apples are in by now, um, at least in New England. <laughs> you people who live a bit more southerly of us might still be picking your apples. Um, and if you are, good for you, because I love myself some apples. <clears throat> Anyway, apples pressed form this beautiful cider. Um, I grew up in Connecticut um, near a place called Clyde's, which is the oldest still operating cider mill in the United States, at least, maybe even in North America. I'm not sure. They've been pressing apples since 1883, to give you an idea. And we used to take field trips, and we would go out and pick the apples and we would pour our bushels into the apple feeder, and we would watch them go up the great conveyor belt, and we could hear them going thump, 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 thump into the choppers, and then they would come out as apple mash. <laughs> really, it, it's just this huge mass of crushed up apple goo. And the press operators wrap it in cloth, and then they put... Um, pallet wood over it and then they fill it up again and then they turn the crank and they press and this wonderful aroma comes up and the juice just gushes out. So I remember that as very much a part of my childhood and as a part of fall. So one of the harvest times was really, actually I should say one of the harvest jobs, <laughs> was really to make this cider. Apples also store well. Cider stores well. We stay on cider for a little bit. Um, if you leave cider in your basement long enough, it doesn't really go bad. It just gets extremely alcoholic. Um, as anyone who has ever had hard cider or Applejack can tell you, it is a very potent drink. Um, we know that our ancestors held alcoholic beverages sacred to the gods and goddesses and imbibed them as well. And I think it's nice to know that on a long voyage, you could have a couple of barrels of cider, and even if they went um, hard, <laughs> they wouldn't go bad and you would still be able to drink them. Maybe just a little bit less of them if you wanted to operate your sales properly. In any event, so we have cider. Uh, if you filter cider enough, it becomes juice. And if you just got apple juice, which is a, a thing that people feed to their children even to this day. And then apples themselves store very well. Drying apples is very easy to do. Um, sprinkle a little bit of cinnamon on them. Oh, oh it's a delight making fresh applesauce. Um, you can actually throw apples into a barrel, and if you seal the barrel properly, they really don't go bad. I, they mush. They really do mush. And they dry out. They dehydrate. But they're very easy to reconstitute. And even in the medieval period, we know that that's what they did, that they would keep apples overnight. Um, and Sorry, overnight. Over the long winter, they would keep apples. I did tell you guys this was a bare-bones podcast, right? 
in any event, they would keep over the winter. Uh, you could put them in your root cellar. Um, a lot of us New England Yankees probably remember our grandmothers or even our mother's root cellars and going down and getting those last few shriveled up apples. And even though eating them by themselves was kind of daunting, uh, you could reconstitute them. You put them in some hot water. You cook them up in broth. You can roast them with your pork loins. Um, in fact, if you've never had apple and pork, you really should because it's a, it's a treat. In any event, it's a survival food. It's a food that is easy to harvest, very abundant, easy to store, and easy to use as a food that will keep your family alive throughout the winter. And when we look at this mythically, I think we can make a parallel between the human consumption of the apple and the gods and goddesses of the north and their consumption of apples. Snorri tells us in his Edda, which is the younger Edda or the prose Edda, that Iduna kept the apples for the gods and goddesses. It was her job to harvest them and bring them to the gods and goddesses and feed them with these apples. And that is how they maintained their youth and their vitality. There is that old grandmother's adage, an apple a day keeps the doctor away. And there is actually some good science behind that. Apples are extremely nutritious. And uh, you actually get more vitamins from apple cider and apple juice than you do from the apple itself, which is fascinating. But this isn't that kind of a discussion, really. In any event, if we look at Ragnarok and, and what it tells us, the gods need to be as healthy and whole and vital as possible so that they can maintain uh, their strength through this final battle. And while I try not to be that kind of end-of-days doomsaying person, I think it's really important if you look at the culture of our ancestors, which was very battle-oriented and very warrior-oriented in a subsistence marginal economy and a marginal ecology at that, these apples provided sustenance and kept our people alive. And they keep the gods and the goddesses alive even into this day. Now, as organizations go, the troth choosing to have Iduna as its patroness, I think is a very smart thing. Um, obviously, this happened very much before my time. This was a decision made by our founding fathers and founding mothers. But, you know, it's about renewal and replenishment. And it's about those apples feeding us and nourishing us. You see in the Troth logo the four golden apples, and that symbolizes exactly this, this replenishment and this cyclic feeding that will keep our organization young and hale and whole. Now, as anyone who has any understanding of Troth history knows, we have had um, what can best be called a lot of ups and downs in the 21 years that we've been around as an organization. And I like to think of those times of um, down, <laughs> it really is the best way to say that. I like to think of those times as being nourished by Iduna's apples. Not in the sense that it continued the down times, but in the sense that when we had these times, we could nourish our organization and Iduna as a patroness, giving us apples figuratively and helping us to survive those downturns and those down times and emerge better and stronger and, you know, like the million dollar man, faster. Um, and more technologically adept. Look at us here with our podcast. So 
renewal and replenishment and staying strong and vital and whole. That's what these apples do for the gods and goddesses. And this is what having Aduna as our patroness does for the troth. And with that thought, I'm going to let you go. I hope you really enjoy this podcast and look forward to seeing more from us in the future. Thanks. Bye.